Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Kevin Rook to talk about the Lightning Network. And the Lightning Network, if you haven't heard of it, is something that is evolving on top of the Bitcoin network. It's allowing for super fast payments globally. So you could send your cousin halfway around the world money instantly and with final, fi final, final, can't say the word, final settlement. So it's a really powerful thing. And it's a trend that we think is worth paying attention to. Look, Nick and I, I think, attribute some of our ability to live life on our terms to jumping on trends. You know, there was a, there was a big software trend, um, you know, from the late 90s, and it's continued, obviously, but it really started in the late 90s. There's been a real estate trend that just keeps going that started when low interest rates began, I guess, around 2008, 2009. It just kind of continued and continues to be that way. And now is, there's this trend where digital finance is exploding and the base layer of it to us is going to be Bitcoin and something called this Lightning Network. So Kevin comes on to explain to us what it is. He first caught my attention on Twitter when he started sharing stats around the Lightning Network and it's explosive growth in the last year. So he's on here to explain the architecture of it, what it is, why it matters. And in the last 20 minutes of the episode, he starts going over some of the different apps that you can use today to send, um, I was going to say sats, send satoshis or sats, which are pieces of a Bitcoin. So tiny pieces of a Bitcoin are called sats or referred to as sats. So you don't have to send somebody a full Bitcoin over the lightning network. You could send them you know, a fraction of a penny at this point sending sats. So you can send very tiny micro payments using this network as well as big large payments. And if you hear us referring to the word sats, that's what it is. Sats is a, a portion of a Bitcoin. A Bitcoin can be divided into 100 million sats. So that's when we're using that language. That's what that's all about. So Kevin is really someone who's in the know in this field. And we just really thank him. We reached out to him. He did not know us. And he willingly came on and spent this time with us to share all this valuable information with us. So really a big shout out to him for doing that. And I really think at the end when he shares some of the apps that are using um, the Lightning Network now, whether it's different games or, you, you know, between you and your friends, even walking, you can send each other sats and you'll you'll hear what I mean by that as he describes it in this episode or podcasting you can send somebody sats listening to a podcast so it's really an interesting development in the world of money so if you are listening to this and you want to dive into some of the stuff we do here at Rockstar and you want to learn about real estate investing and you happen to be in the greater Toronto area you can get information from us by vis and I, I think one of the most popular things you can get from us is a free digital copies of our books. You know, the Income for Life for Canadians book has been really popular over um, the last decade. And we have a blueprint book that you can also get, which outlines a bunch of different strategies, whether it's student rentals or rent to own or duplexes or multi-unit buildings. We have a lot of information in that blueprint book and you can get free digital copies of both those books at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Kevin. Kevin, how do I pronounce your last name? Roke. 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 Kevin Roke. 
And uh, Kevin has uh, come on the podcast graciously, I might add, because Kevin doesn't know us. And I saw Kevin tweeting some stuff out about the Lightning Network and Bitcoin. And personally, I feel like we all need to understand this. And so when I saw someone tweeting out about this, the way you are, Kevin, I just thought we need to get you here. We need our audience to understand what you are talking about. So you are currently uh, what I guess you would be like the branding department for the Lightning Network right now on this podcast. Okay. You're the unofficial branding department for the Lightning Network, whether you want to be or not. I'll do my best. Yeah. Yeah. Do your, do your best. Um, But before we begin, you got to tell me a little bit about you. How do you get to the point where you are running a podcast about Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, tweeting about Lightning Nodes? Like how, what is your story? How did you get to this point in your life? Tell us a bit about you. Sure. So I'll rewind to kind of the Bitcoin introduction I had. Um, that was back in college. Uh, I met a guy at a bus stop and uh, he was telling me he's a professional poker player and he plays online and he's, he's making money. And I, I didn't know if it was legal or not. And this was in America. And, and he said he was playing, playing for money and earning Bitcoin. And I had never heard the word before. And I, I tracked him down afterwards after we went our separate ways. And I was like, dude, we got to, we got to go for coffee. I want to join your underground poker ring. I want to learn about Bitcoin. I want to. <laughs> so what know, year is this? What year, what year is this? This was March of 2017. You got it. Cool. Um, so just at the cusp of it, like the bull run hadn't quite picked up steam and no one in my circles were talking about it. I was in grad school at the time. I was studying business, not a word, had never heard the word Bitcoin. And so I was intrigued and, and, and really like long story short, that, for the next six months was my entire focus. It was like kind of dropped all other, you know, I was looking for a job. I was about to graduate from school. I was kind of, I just kind of dropped that. I kind of like started studying Bitcoin uh, in the library and just kind of picking up any books and blog posts I could, I could read on it. Uh, eventually got myself a few jobs in the Bitcoin space. Uh, just worked for a few small startups for the last few years. Um, have, have run my own marketing agency, helping, helping startups scale in the industry as well. Um, and then now in the last year or so, I've kind of transitioned to, to being more of an investor um, and uh, have, have started creating content around the Lightning Network because in, in about April or May of 2021, so last year, I started to notice the Lightning Network was picking up a bit of steam. And I was curious because I had seen it a few years prior it was kind of, it had kind of flatlined in the, in those previous two years, like 2020, basically not, not much growth, not much excitement. Um, 2021 things started to pick up and then they started to pick up faster, faster and faster. And this okay, was, so I, let, let's go. I want to get back to this exact point, but before we get there, where were, where were you in grad school in Canada or the U S in the U S yeah. You I was in the U S university of Massachusetts. Okay. And then what was it? Why did you get attracted to this Bitcoin thing? Like what pulled you into that rabbit hole? What was the context? What was the framework of your thinking? Like, why did you go down that weird at that time? That would be a weird rabbit. That 2017, maybe not totally weird, but somewhat weird to yeah. go down this rabbit hole. What, what was it about it? And then we'll come back to the lightning network in a second. Yeah. I, I read a book from, uh, I think it was Nathaniel Popper. Um, and I can't even remember the title of it. I think it was just called digital gold. Uh, and it was just, it really helped me understand how Bitcoin was a totally different system. And I think, I think I had been, um, I had lost excitement for 
the fiat financial system without realizing it. Like I, I had no, I was not impressed with the, you know, 0.05% savings rate I was getting. I felt like I was consistently on the losing end of a lot of financial transactions, you know, going between the U S and Canada, you get hit with big exchange rate fees. You get, you have to set up bank accounts. You get charged every month. You get nothing from the bank. And it was just kind of like, okay, there's gotta be a better way. And learning about Bitcoin was the first moment where I was like, yeah, this can, this can be a new financial system. It can be entirely rebuilt. We don't have any dependence on the entrenched kind of payment processors, banks, uh, central banks, any of the big parties that kind of control the system today, they can participate if they want. They can participate in Bitcoin. They can buy Bitcoin. They can use Bitcoin, but they don't have any control over it. Um, so in a sense, it's, it's money with rules, not rulers. And that to me was the interesting kind of light bulb moment. Yeah. I feel that's rare. Yeah. Awesome. And I feel that's rare. Like I don't meet too many people at your age. I don't know. How old are you roughly? 28. You're tw- I don't meet too many people at your age who are having those kinds of thoughts. Like, I don't know if it's just your generation that more and more people who are 28 years old are having that kind of thought. And that would be, uh, what is that? Four years ago. So you were like 24 or so. Five, maybe five years ago now. Can't do my math. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's just interesting to me. That's almost like there's like a bit of this. I don't know if it's an a, a, awakening is the right word, or if there's this like unconscious understanding that the system is kind of tilted against you. Yeah, um, and kind of like pecking at you in all different ways. Like you mentioned, banking fees, low interest rates for a currency exchange, remittance kind of stuff, just kind of like eating at you a little bit. Right. And that uh, people of your age are kind of like maybe unconsciously realizing that. And then you consciously obviously went kind of down that rabbit hole. But it's just a bit of fascinating to me how maybe society is coming to this to a little bit of an understanding of how the money system works because yes. more and more people are. And I find that amazing because I feel like for 10 years we, longer, we've been batting our fists at the, at, at the table thinking like, this is all wrong. And we talked earlier before we started re- recording how we're using real estate to try to circumvent some of the monetary policy, because at the time we really didn't pay attention to Bitcoin. I mean, this business was started in 2008 and, you know, a year later, Bitcoin came, we, we just didn't, didn't, and then didn't pay attention to it. And then when I heard of it in 2017, kind of just dismissive, you yeah. know, just like, listen, I've seen scams before. Look, this is what I told one of my friends. Look, I own a business. I've seen scams before. I can't take your Bitcoin. I have to pay taxes in Canadian dollars. Don't talk, you know, just totally dismissive of it, you know, and then looking back, just laughing at myself going, what the heck is wrong with me? (laughs) But, but anyway, okay. So you go down that, that rabbit hole. And then did you have a tech tech background at all? Or was it a pure business degree that you were taking? Business mostly. Yeah. I was doing a lot of marketing. I was helping, um, help with a bit of product design stuff. Uh, but yeah. Not, not a coding background. Okay. Okay. So then you're kind of in this world and then 2020, the spring of kind of 2020 or 2021, last year, you said? Last year. Yeah. So last year hits and then, sorry, go on this. Yeah. So what did you notice? And, and, and then well, I, I need you to explain what the lightning network is to, to the audience here as well. Sure. So, so maybe just before, before I get into the growth of it, I'll, I'll just give a high level um, uh, statement on kind of what it is. Um, basically it's a way to make fast and by fast, I mean, instant 
um, nearly free and global payments to anyone from anyone anywhere in the world. It, it is built on top of Bitcoin. It's a second layer on the kind of Bitcoin technology stack. So uh, Bitcoin's base blockchain is where, where all transactions settle. And that includes when you open and close Lightning Network channels, which is how, how funds move across the Lightning Network. Um, but the, the base blockchain, it you know every 10 minutes, there's a new block. It's not something, and the blocks are quite small. Uh, there's a real constraint on how much information can be put in a single block. So it's, uh, we needed a, a new solution, an additional capacity and, and without, the, without the time constraints um, in order to make payments happen on the internet, right? Like if I, if I wanna buy a coffee or if I wanna pay you money, um, if I wanna pay you a dollar, I just can't do that on, I can't do that on the, on the Bitcoin blockchain, at least at scale. Um, there's, there's fees that come along with that. Um, and there's, uh, yeah, the, the resource constraints and the, uh, time limitations. Uh, I, if I want a transaction to settle on the blockchain and if I want to know that it's not going to, there's not going to be a reorg or anything like that, I might be waiting an hour. I, I could be waiting an hour just for one confirmation for one block. Right. Um, and lightning basically makes it so that anyone can. Um, be sure that they're receiving or sending money instantly. They can get a confirmation on the Lightning Network. Um, and effectively what this is, is it's, it's trading back and forth IOUs um, that aren't settled on the Bitcoin blockchain, but can settle at any time. Um, like if I, if I have a Lightning Network node, and let's say you and I have a channel together, and we're paying each other back and forth for lunch, right? Uh, so I bought you lunch, then you bought me lunch, and we just keep swapping money back and forth. If one day I move out of town and I say, hey, we don't need this channel anymore. I'm, I'm not, we're not going for lunch anymore, but we can close the channel. The balance of funds on either side of that channel go to the respective participants. So you get what is yours and I get what is mine. And then um, that gets settled back on the, on the base Bitcoin blockchain. Um, but in the meantime, like we can do hundreds, we can do thousands, we can do millions of transactions back and forth on that channel without ever incurring a fee or without ever having to wait for that 10 minute block if we have a channel open. And then when you think about the Lightning Network as a whole, it's really just a lot of those channels between a lot of different participants. I can have 10 channels, you can have 10 channels, someone else has 100, and we all have connections to different parts of the Lightning Network. And so now if I'm trying to send money to someone in China. And I don't have, I, I got a buddy out there. He doesn't have a connection to me through the Lightning Network, but I have a connection to you who has a connection to you, who has a connection to you and you and you. And then 12 hops later, it connects to that guy. I can send payments through all those networks or through all those channels uh, across the network. Um, and again, all of that is effectively free. It's, it's, they're, you know, nodes have fee rates, but the rates are all really low and there's no fixed cost, which is the most important piece, because what that does is it enables a new uh, type of payment. Basically today on the, on the internet or in person, you basically never have an instance where you're paying less than like a dollar or $2. 
Um, I can't remember the last time I made a credit card payment for under five or ten dollars. Um, I guess it, I guess you go to the dollar store, maybe they they'd sell you something on credit card for a dollar, but you can't do anything less. And the reason is because uh, all the payment processors that that are involved in that transaction, the the total fee comes up to about two point nine percent plus thirty cents on a transaction. So if I'm if I'm going to the dollar store and I'm paying with my credit card. The, the merchant, the dollar store is, is getting a 30 cent fee plus 2.9% of the value, in which case it's just a dollar. So they're, they're losing 32.9 cents on my dollar. So they're getting hit with an enormous fee. And that's why they can't, they can't, there's, there's just never a, a use for sending payments less than a dollar. Lightning enables all that. Lightning enables you to go down to fractions of a penny smaller than you and I, like 0.00000. You can go way, way down and have the exact same fee structure. So if you and I have uh, a channel together and I'm trying to send through your channel to someone else and your node, your, your lightning node that's managing your channels has a, a fee rate of let's say 0.2%. Well, it's 0.2% on any transaction that I route through you, no matter how big or how small it is. So that's kind of a, one of the cool innovations of Lightning is that if you think about the payment spectrum, all the potential sizes of payments in the world, you're going from like 0.0001 cents to billions of dollars. All of that can be done on Bitcoin. That bottom end of the spectrum, when you're talking about like sub a few dollars, that's all because of Lightning. And then at the high end, you know, that's something that you can do on the Bitcoin blockchain that, that you can't do in like, I can't do that through my TD bank account, right? I can't send a billion dollars to someone uh, without anyone raising red flags, right? Like there's, there's processes in place to kind of make sure money, you know, doesn't move too fast or move to the wrong people in the fiat financial system. Um, but anyways, that's a long way of saying that, yeah, the, the Lightning Network is enabling a new uh, type of payment at that lower end of the spectrum. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is that that is actually going to prove to be a um, low value payment, but very high frequency because it can happen instantly. Um, you can, you can send and receive hundreds of payments per minute. Um, like there's no limit on how fast these, these payments can move. And, and wouldn't this mean that I can now programmatically start seeing developments where if we're working together, maybe I'm streaming, maybe, you know, on a virtual basis, you're doing some marketing for me by the hour. I don't have to pay you when you invoice, I could pay you almost hourly if yeah. we set something up between each other. And I know a lot of these apps are just don't quite exist just yet, but some of them do, but manually, even I could just send you sats or you know bitcoin every hour because the fees are so low because part of the reason i think now it's accepted that if you work for an employer you get paid you know twice a month or whatever it's well the processing of all that's difficult the yeah. payroll processing getting the bank and sending the funds from the company to the payroll company that's going to issue it to the banks clears the banks and does all this stuff I mean, now I could hire somebody halfway around the world. And if they're doing three hours work of, uh, worth of work for me, I could stream them sats every 10 minutes. And if exactly. we have an app that's facilitating that between us, 
some app that is like monitor, I don't know, just, you know, monitoring that the work's getting done or whatever. And then it just releases the sats every 15 minutes. It kind of changes the world of work. Yeah. Because and now a lot of things that you wouldn't be able to pay for, I could just pay, I could rent out a room. I know I'm using examples that, you know, probably wouldn't be happening at any time soon, but here in our rockstar offices, I would never rent out a meeting room to somebody for 10 minutes, but now I could. I could literally rent out a meeting room here for 10 minutes at a time because I have the ability to send monetary value at such a low fee that it's possible or accept it. And the fees aren't prohibitive of that. So I could rent out a room by every, every 10 minutes here and it, it's viable. So yeah. it, it, that just that concept of programmatic monetary exchange using Lightning and Bitcoin to me is like mind blowing where this goes over the next five, 10 years. Yeah. Do you see there- it that way? There's a lot of possibilities and, and there's, there's new people that you can pay now. So, so now, for example, um, well, let's use one example here, podcasting. Um, you know, you got a show, you can set up on the Lightning Network, um, you can add your, your Lightning Node address on your show feed and have listeners pay you voluntarily for every minute listened, or they can send in they can send in a boost or a, a kind of like a, a tip for a particularly interesting segment or, and, and you can read that in, the, in a uh, show description in the timestamp. Um, you can see when people are sending you money. You can, you can basically earn directly from an audience in a way that you couldn't earn before, right? The, the best way for a podcaster to monetize from an audience without Bitcoin might look something like Patreon where you pay 10 bucks a month or something. Um, it's fine. Like, you know, as long as Patreon's not going to freeze your funds, which, you know, who knows at this point, there's, there's probably higher risks of that happening than, than five, 10 years ago. Um, but as long as Patreon isn't freezing your funds, you're fine. But the contributor is paying a flat $10 a month fee because again, it's being processed through a credit card and they can't do you know, they just can't support small payments. Um, so they have to go 10 bucks a month and, and, you know, you're listening, uh, or if I'm listening to your show, um, you know, I, I, maybe I like one episode or I tune out for a couple of weeks because I'm on vacation and I, I may not get exactly $10 of value from every single month that I listen to the show. Maybe some months I get more. Maybe someone's well, like, you're getting oh, way more. Yeah. You're getting way more than that. If you're listening to our show. Yeah. Kevin. So and, <laughs> I'm, you joking, know, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing that you can do now on lightning is that listeners can then show if they're receiving value, they can give it right back in the form of sats. And I've seen this um, on fountain. I've started. So I started my podcast as a lightning podcast, try and test this out and see how this worked. Uh, and now I, I check my uh, fountain app every now and then. And, um, I sometimes see streams come in by the minute and I just watch, I just watch it. The numbers tick up. So, so if we just watch, so just to kind of paint the picture here, you, your podcast, you can put on regular, you know, podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, you know, Apple podcast, whatever it's called right now, but you, you also have it, or you've chosen to put it on this fountain app and on the fountain app, it is also a Bitcoin wallet so that I, as a listener of your podcast can put a little bit of Bitcoin up into this app and it will hold it in the fountain app as a Bitcoin wallet. Then if I'm listening to you and I see your show playing, I can say stream Kevin 
you know, hundred sats every 10 minutes or something, or I really like what he did on this episode. I'm going to send him a boost payment of, you know, 5,000 sats or, or whatever it is right now. And yep. I hit the, I hit it. It connects to my wallet on, you know, on my, my, you know, whatever my device is, I load the sats up into the fountain app. Once they're there, I can stream them or boost them over to you. And it ends up in your wallet on your fountain app. Yep. And then from the fountain app, can you then withdraw? I don't know. I've just been starting to play around with fountain. Uh, yeah. The app, can I withdraw it back out of the fountain app into like a pick another Bitcoin wallet? That's not part of that app. Exactly. Yes? Yeah. Okay. It's all anyone can deposit and withdraw as they wish. Um, right now, Fountain gives you a custodial address um, to, to receive payments through, but uh, there's no reason, like you can actually do it with your own node if you want. If you didn't want to use Fountain's custodial address, you can set up payments because all this is using is RSS for podcasting and Lightning. So you can have your own Lightning address tied to your RSS feed. You just put in, in the description, um, it, there's, you put in a little value block that uh, RSS readers can pick up and uh, if, if, you, if that's your node address, then any payments that come in are going to go directly to that address. And it could be the node sitting in your home that you, you never have to even use um, an app like Fountain. You can you can do it entirely self-sovereign um, because you so have- So we're going to, I'm going to use this episode as the excuse to put our podcast on, I guess I'll start with Fountain. Yeah. I'll put it on Fountain because I just want anyone listening to this. If you like our show, I'm not doing it to receive uh, Bitcoin. That's not the intent. I want all of us to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want someone else to download the Fountain app and just see if they can find our app. Because I guess in today's world in 2022, with everything that we see going on in Canada, with all the different kind of announcements in the world right now, I just feel that if more of us understand how to get information with no middle person, you know what I mean? With no middleman there. Like, yeah. and then if I can release the podcast, you know, I... I guess kind of like what I'm seeing in the world right now, the thought crossed my mind. I'm like, damn, our podcast, I guess like if Spotify didn't really like it or somebody complained about something, I guess they can just shut it down. But now with some of these apps, as long as we're hosted on SoundCloud, so as long as SoundCloud, sorry, I'm just thinking out loud here. We put our, our file up on SoundCloud. We get the RSS feed. I put it into a fountain app. So I would still need SoundCloud to be hosting the file. Correct. Yeah, that's my yeah. single point of failure right now. But that might evolve. Who knows? Who knows what comes out with some kind of like other services in the future? But that's now my only single point of failure because once it's on SoundCloud, I have an RSS feed, like I have a URL. I can put it into the Fountain app. And now, without any kind of middleman in the middle, you don't have to go through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just with Fountain app, the listener and me, we can connect directly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's some cool features that that enables as well because. Um, for most podcasts, you can't actually talk to the creator. You can't like, if I want to, if I want to send a podcast or a message today, I typically do it through Twitter or through Instagram or on maybe YouTube comments or something, but I can't, I can't talk to the podcast. Well, with lightning, you can, you can send messages along with the payments, um, using key send on lightning. And basically what that enables is that if you're creating a show and in this show, if listeners like a point that, you know, I make or you make partway through, you can see that, you know, someone sent in a payment and they said, wow, this was a great, this was a great site. Keep it up. This is, you know, it's adding a new social element to podcasting uh, and it's only available on lightning. 
because also anyone from any app can do the same thing, right? I can use Fountain or I can use Breeze or I can use another podcasting 2.0 app and I can do all the same things. So if you on if you have your podcast um, and, you, and you're on Fountain and you're, you're looking at all your messages coming in, well, you could be getting messages from five different platforms. They're all there for you to view in Fountain. That's something. Okay, so that hold on, sorry. I heard you mention that on your podcast. I just need to understand that. So, like, once it's enabled, where where do I have to enable the podcast to accept lightning payments so that people from other platforms can can kind of stream to me? Yes, yeah, so I'm missing Fountain. that connection. So, any yeah. any podcaster can go to Fountain today, and they can uh, sign up with their podcast. They can verify they're the owner of the feed, and all of a sudden they get a custodial. Uh, lightning address in the fountain app. And then any, any podcast listeners on any platforms that support lightning. So that includes like breeze and some of the other podcasts and 2.0 apps, they can then send in payments because you, your lightning node address, the custodial one through fountain, it works for anyone. Anyone can send payments to it, right? Anyone on the lightning network can, can pay. And then fountain detects, Oh, this payment came in from breeze. And they said, great show. This payment came from Fountain. They said, you know, I really enjoyed this segment. So all the different comments from the different apps can be collected in your Fountain dashboard. If you're that is insane. You're, that's completely, this must be the geek side of me coming out. Like that's completely insane. Yeah. And, and it, that's only because Fountain created the custodial lightning wallet. Or could I go to some of these other podcasting? Did you call them podcasting 2.0 apps? Yeah. Podcasting yeah. 2.0 apps. And the same, I could do the same thing and it'll work over there as well. Or is Fountain somehow doing something that's a little different? No, I believe, I believe that would work. Like Fountain's got a nice interface where you can kind of view all the comments and, and view all of the payments. I don't know if all of the other apps have enabled the comment side of things um, to be able to see comments. Uh, okay. It, there's no reason they can't, but I, I just don't think they're there yet. I think so. I, I can set my so, so anybody listening to this can start a podcast, set it up um, with their RSS feed once they've put it on SoundCloud or one of the distribution mechanisms to get your file kind of shared with the world. You take the RSS feed that these platforms give you, you go to the Fountain app, you stick the freaking RSS URL into the Fountain app. Now, all of a sudden, your podcast is going to get a custodial lightning address. Yeah. Uh, sorry if I'm summarizing poorly here, but then no. now that I have that, yeah. that custodial lightning address, someone else on a different podcasting 2.0 app, like breeze could find, could, will I be listed on breeze? Like they'll find me on the breeze app. Yeah. Yeah. Because like for breeze, example, breeze uh, just has mine, a directory of you go ahead. So, yeah. Like when I host my show, anyone like people can listen on Spotify, on Apple, on fountain, on breeze. Cause all of those apps are just pulling from the RSS feed of my show. Got it. Okay. Episode. So just like they would find it on Spotify or Apple podcast, they would on breeze, they would find it. And then on breeze, because it's a podcasting 2.0 app, if they liked something that somebody was saying with their podcast, they could send them some sats. And even if I'm not set up on breeze, if I'm set up on fountain, I would receive those sats and I would even see a comment that came in about the show. Yep, exactly. And so it just changes the way that listeners have a relationship with the creators, right? It's now, now listeners can directly reward creators with real money and they can also yeah. send comments and, and questions. And, you know, I, I do a segment at the end of my show where I, I just say like, send in anything, anything you send in, I'm going to share it on the next episode. If it's a comment, if it's a question, it could be like an AMA, 
there's a lot of ways you can take that and a lot of different, different Holy things that can come out of it. Um, because then somebody could actually pay you for consulting advice on your show. Cause they could say, Hey, Kevin, I'm sending you these sats. Or you could say, Hey, if you want 10 minutes of explanation about your problem and whatever you're doing, and if you have the expertise, you could say, send me X number of sats. And on the next show, I'll answer the question. And it's lower than hiring a full-time consultant, but they get your expertise and you're receiving the monetary value. And the person could be on the other side of the world. Yeah. Yeah. You can set up and say, Hey, if you want, you know, ask me all your, all, all your questions, uh, anything above 5,000 sats, I'll answer it on the show. Um, or you, you can set your own, you can set your own prices, right? It's, it's really mind blowing stuff. The, 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 the ramifications of this are like, it's like, we are going to see a complete change in the distribution of how people communicate because right now it's been like so centralized. Like I recently deleted my Facebook account and then, you know, whatever, if someone's on Facebook, like I still have some family members who used to communicate with me on Facebook. So now I just shut them all off. <laughs> <laughs> but now with the cross-platform stuff that you're talking about and no middle man in there, no, you know, nobody in the middle kind of like, I don't know, you know, throttling the communication. Um, it's just direct person to person globally. And it includes monetary value. Like we are going to see a massive change in the institutions around all of our lives in the next 10 years. Like this is yeah. bigger than most people completely, I think are fathoming at this point. Right. And, yeah. and I think, okay. And I just want to go take a step back because when you explain the lightning network for anyone not familiar with it, something that really hit home for me is that, you know, when you it's kind of a, just as an analogy, maybe, or by way of example, someone explained it to me like this. They said, listen, you know, Bitcoin is going to be the de facto ledger. It's going to record how much Bitcoin you have. And, you know, if you're sending it, it's going to be eventually updated on the Bitcoin uh, ledger through the Bitcoin network. And that is going to be the single truth. All right. But what Lightning enables would be like if you're going to a bar and you open a tab. And if you're buying drinks for all your friends, you're not going to do your Interact debit or your Visa every time you buy a drink if you're there all night or some food, you're just gonna say, throw it in my tab, throw it in my tab. And that happens instantly. The, the you know, waiter or waitress is gonna bring you the food, the new drinks, and you are exchanging value in real time and it's instant, they're just updating that tab. But at the end of the night, it's settled. And then it goes through, you can pay, you know, with Interact or cash, or you can pay with your Visa card. And then it ultimately gets final settlement that takes a little bit longer. Um, and that to me was like a nice way to explain the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network is like opening a tab and that, you know, where you can just kind of do quick, really quick transactions for as long as you want, all night, five days, 10 weeks, whatever it is. And eventually that will be closed and um, updated on the Bitcoin ledger, Bitcoin network. Um, and that's how the two kind of interplay with each other. Exactly. And I don't know if that makes sense to you or if I'm even understanding how I'm explaining it properly, but that to me was like, oh, wow, okay, that's what's happening. Bitcoin, the Bitcoin updates are going to be a little bit slower to get a confirmation of any transaction. And it's not really good for quick, small transactions. What the Lightning Network enables is these lightning fast transactions that are happening in real time, totally secure. And eventually they can be, you know, confirmed, I guess, on, on, the, on the Bitcoin network. Mm -hmm. Um, when you hear that, am I, is that, is, am I summarizing it? Okay. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I think the one interesting element that not a lot of people talk about is that 
like in these examples, we, we think of it as paying, like paying a bar tab or, or making a payment to someone else. I think the, the way most people are probably going to be introduced to Lightning is not through paying, but through earning. So just like a podcaster may step in and start earning sats, uh, people are already doing this for creating content, for uh, joining uh, chat rooms and chat apps, uh, for um, playing games. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of interesting use cases for earning sats, for doing little micro tasks. There's, there's a handful of companies already doing this. There's even one, there's even one app that lets you uh, earn for walking. You earn sats every day you walk. How? What's the what's the monetary exchange there? So, well, well, right now it's I don't think they're they're monetizing that, but I think over time, like think about this as a possibility. If you are paying, I don't know, fifty bucks a month for health insurance or something, wherever you are in the world, and your health insurer doesn't really know if you're fit or not. They don't know if fifty dollars is the right amount. They could on lightning say, okay, here's the deal. It's 50 bucks a month because we don't know much about you. But if you agree to share your data on your, your walking, you tie your Apple watch to it. All of a sudden they can pay, they can give you rebates per step. Every step you take every step. You know, if you walk 10,000 steps a day, maybe you get, maybe of that $50, you get a dollar back. And if you do 10,000 steps a day for 30 days, instead of paying 50 bucks a month, you're only paying 20 bucks a month because the insurer knows, you know, you're fit, you're unlikely to get to, to be expensive. It could change the way a lot of industries With work. With this example, you could get paid to sleep because you could say, hey, if you're getting enough healthy, good, deep sleep, you know, I wear an aura ring that's tracking everything. You could, we'll just set it up to the aura ring. And if you get over an hour of deep sleep every night, we'll just stream you some sats. You wake up and you have some sats because you slept well. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm joking, yeah. but I'm not joking. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a real thing. Um, and I, I know, so the app that I was thinking about with the walking is uh, it's called smiles. Um, and they're working on a feature that will, it's a, like a competition feature between friends. So we could also, you and I, oh, we could set up it. a little competition and say, let's put up a thousand sats and see who can, who can work out the most or, or walk the most number of steps this week. And the winner takes it. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things that are just, there's new models yeah. for- With those micro payments, you would never do small little payments like that between friends. Right. Yeah. yeah. And now any wow. of that's possible. Down to the step, down to the second, down to the sat. It, it's very, like, it's so customizable. Um, we're seeing the same in gaming. Um, I was having a conversation on my podcast with uh, the co-founder at Zebedee. Uh, Zebedee is like a gaming company in, in on Lightning. And they, they have seen some of their partners integrate sats into games. It, one of the examples used was, uh, uh, was Mario Kart. You know, when you're playing Mario Kart, and you have like little shells and stuff you throw at people. Well, in their version of it, the shells are sats. And if you're going to throw one, at someone else, you're giving up a sat. So you're hoping that by hitting the person, it, it moves you into you know first place or whatever, and, and maybe you get some sats for winning the race. But if you miss, that's one sat that you've lost. It, it comes out of your actual wallet, and you know they noticed that some players were oh actually some players realized they couldn't win the game, so they just went around the course collecting sats. They're like, I'm already out. I'm going to finish like eighth place. 
I might as well collect a few sats that are laying on the ground, those little coins that you see in Mario Kart. And so because you have an incentive. Yeah, exactly. And, and then it comes with you. It, it goes beyond the game, right? Like you leave the game and your money stays with you. So sorry, so this is happening now. Like th there's gaming companies doing this now. Yeah. Yeah. With and sats, with a Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's other games where, where you can kind of earn uh, smiles actually has a, a chess game on their app as well. That's the walking app. Um, they, they allow you to earn for playing chess. Um, their Thunder Games allows you to earn for playing. Uh, they have three or four games in their game studio. Um, and you can earn sats for playing. There's all sorts of, you know, this wild is second order okay. effects here. So I want to get your take, because, and maybe this brings us back to what you were talking about earlier with the growth of the Lightning Network and what you're seeing, because I think everyone should realize this is not, no one's getting really, there's no organization paying for the growth of the Lightning Network, right? This is happening just organically. But I guess the example that I'd like to use, or I try to use with everyone is that, Kevin, I'm a lot older than you. So in the late 90s, I was working at Oracle, and then I went to a company called NetSuite. And in the late 90s, Microsoft products were all the rage and the, uh, the client server architecture was really, really popular. And for anyone listening, what that meant is Microsoft had all these products where you could build amazing computer programs that would solve business problems, but you would have to go and install the program on every single computer at the business. And then those computers would connect to a server in like a computer room somewhere. And the client, which was the personal person's computer at their desk would connect to the server in the back room. And because the Microsoft products were really easy to work with, you could really develop products really quickly, computer program, com new computer pro uh, programs for somebody's computer really quickly. And the network of Microsoft developers exploded, like it exploded. But I worked at Oracle and at Oracle, they hated that architecture. And the billionaire CEO always talked about the network computing architecture was the word back then it was NCA. It was basically the internet. Okay. And what he said is like, that's stupid because every time you have to update, uh, you know, a program you or, or someone's, you know, yeah, a program, you'd have to go to every person's computer and update it there. And it's just a disaster. Why don't we just use this web interface and these protocols like, you know, TCP IP and HTTP that were like basically what the internet's built on to release enterprise grade software programs with a web interface. And then that came to fruition. We saw the evolution of, you know, salesforce.com and NetSuite and these companies were releasing really high-end business programs, all web-based. And everybody just shifted because everybody was doing client server. When I tell you everybody, it was everybody. And then as soon as the internet graduated to this place that it was able to support business applications, and a lot of that came from the speed of the internet, because it was just too slow at first. Right. Um, as the speed evolved, these open source protocols just devoured the client server model. So even though everyone was telling me there was this big network effect of developers in the client server model, and that was the pace to play underneath it all the whole time, I was just, I was probably brainwashed by the, by Larry Ellison, but I was always just thinking like, wait, that architecture is just wrong. And there was this architecture that took longer to build, but it was the proper architecture that has then now served everything. Like everybody, you know, Hotmail came out, which was web-based email, which blew everybody's mind. And now there's Gmail and everybody does everything just with thin clients. Your banking's a thin client. You're not downloading any app to do anything there. 
And I see the same thing kind of evolving in this space. And that's why lightning gets me so excited because I see a lot of this other crypt quote unquote crypto stuff and everyone's excited about it and they're developing stuff on it. And sometimes those, those platforms really allow for easy, fast development. Mm-hmm. And so everyone kind of releases stuff on there and everyone's exciting, clapping their hands about like this crypto world. And, and in the back of my mind, I'm always just like, I feel like I'm seeing the same pattern evolve here. Like there's Bitcoin, which to me is an open source protocol. And then there's lightning, which is like enabling more and more things developed on, on this awesome open source protocol. This is the architecture that's just going to devour everything. It's just going to take a little longer because the foundation is so rock solid. So mm-hmm. it just moves a little slower. But as it evolves, it's just going to crush everything else. And that's how I currently see the current state of the world, like Bitcoin. And and it's what gets me so excited about lightning. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's coming. It's coming. And when I see your tweets about the lightning nodes growth, the lightning networks growth, the number of nodes on the network, that's just me in the background nodding like, yep, yeah, here we go. This is, and then, and then when I found out about the fountain app, which I didn't know much about, and then you mentioned it. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Now's the fountain app. And a lot of these things maybe aren't as sexy yet and could use some user interface, even progression and evolve, but you can see it evolving. And I think it's going to catch a lot of people by surprise. And 10 wow. years from now, everyone's going to look back going, wait, where did that come from? Yeah. When I say that, what do you think? Well, I think, I think you're spot on. And I think one of the most fascinating things about specifically about the number of nodes on the Lightning Network. So nodes are, are kind of routing payments across the network and they're, they contribute to the decentralized nature of it. And they're, they're an important metric of, of health of the network. That metric has basically never gone down. And it's one of the only ones in light, like even there's, so there's three main ones that, that people tend to reference when they're talking about lightning growth. One would be the number of channels uh, between nodes um, and, you know, you and I can open and close channels as we wish, and people do it all the time. Um, another one is public capacity. So how much Bitcoin is actually unleashed on the network because, you know, it's, it's in our channels. Um, that number has, it, it's, all of them are at basically all-time highs right now. But throughout the last four or five years, that number has for small periods come down. Um, the number of nodes has never really come down. So this is like a one-way door. You set up a lightning node, you never, you never turn that off. You never take it offline. It's there and, and it's, it's really, really sticky. Like once you discover that you can make free payments on a, on a growing network um, with, with growing sets of applications, it's, it's really sticky and it keeps people around. And I think that's, you know, that's something that if you look back at like internet adoption charts, it's the same thing. Like the number of routers connected to the internet has basically just gone up. It's never, there's never been a year where it's been down in, you know, the first 25, 30 Could somebody years. argue to you, okay, Kevin, sounds good, but the, you know, number of transactions or the value of the entire transactions, you know, people are setting up nodes, but no one's really using it. What would you say to that? Could, could, is that an argument or no? Do you see the, the amount of value on the network growing? Well, so, so the nodes in isolation are not the only metric for sure. I, I would say that it's important to take, take things in context. And so there's, there's definitely a um, seeing the public capacity growing as well is definitely a good sign um, because what that means is 
if nodes are growing and public capacity is growing, that means people are setting up nodes, which if you do it at home, if you do it on a little Raspberry Pi, that's a couple hundred dollars. So you're making an actual investment. If you do it on a hosted provider, if you use like Voltage, it's a few bucks a month. So you're, you're paying money to do it. It's not, it's not a free thing. So you know there's at least a barrier that people have jumped over to get on Lightning. Um, and then if you see public capacity growing as well, it means that those nodes are, are dedicating capital to the Lightning Network. And, and that's capital they could use in other ways. So if they're choosing to put it on Lightning, it means there's a use for it. It means like if, if the money was just sitting there, there's no, there's, no actual, there's no reason for me as a node operator to just leave money on Lightning. Like a Lightning, a Lightning node is like a hot wallet. You know, it's, it has to always be on. It's, it's like, you don't want to put money on Lightning that is not being used. So to see the number rising means that the money is in fact being used um, consistently. And right. are these the stats that you were seeing in Mar March? Or, I can't remember if you said March of last year or spring of last year. Is this where you started to see a real change in the Lightning Network? Yeah, everything started to pick up around, I guess, April and May. Um, El Salvador had their announcement that they would, you know, uh, the Bitcoin law would come into play and uh, that the country would start to be built around the Lightning Network and they'd have Chivo, their the government wallet, and that that was definitely a catalyst but since then there's been a number of just unrelated apps that have just popped up companies are starting to raise money there's a real thriving ecosystem of developers and of apps and of users you know a lot of a lot of these these apps now have tens of thousands of users um but but all all the lightning transactions happening today are basically private so there's no like you know, there's a, there's a bunch of uh, metrics dashboards for uh, like Glassnode and coin metrics for, for tracking value moving on the Bitcoin blockchain or on Ethereum or on any of the other chains. You can't quite do that for payment volume on Lightning. So we don't really know how much payment volume is happening. And we also don't know what it's being used for. It could be that I, as a node operator, maybe I'm trying to rebalance my channels. I'm trying to like set up liquidity in the correct way so that more payments will flow through my node. Um, maybe I'm actually, maybe these payments are actual economic payments where, you know, I'm paying you for lunch or I'm buying a t-shirt at a store or, you know, it, it could be that it could be, could be content um, creators being paid by listeners. It could be people streaming sats to a podcast. So we don't quite know exactly what those payments are. Um, but we do know all the, all the metrics are headed in the right direction. And I guess then listening to the, if I, I'm just trying to think if I was listening to the, I guess one way I could play around with lightning would be to get something like the fountain app. And I guess, how would you, how would somebody get, just trying to think how I got some stats onto the fountain app. I guess, I think I went through a blue wallet where I, where I made a lightning wallet on a blue wall. So I, I put some Bitcoin on a, a blue wallet. So anyone listening to blue wallets, like a hot wallet you can put on your phone that will accept Bitcoin. I sent some Bitcoin over to that wallet. And I think then I created like a lightning wallet on my blue wallet. And I think from there, I must've sent it to fountain. Does that sound right to you? <laughs> Yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah. I can't even remember. How I did it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone listening to this, that's one way I guess they could start playing around with it. They could find the Kevin Roke show on the Fountain app. 
get some sats over there. And if they were liking what you were hearing, they could send you some sats. And I'm not intending this to be a commercial for you. I kind of, it kind of am. I want, I want you to be supported, but I guess that's one way for someone listening. If you just want to monkey around with it, just to learn, yeah, you could, you could do that. Find the Kevin Roke show on the fountain app and put some sats there and you can send Kevin some sats. If you like what you hear just to learn how this is all working. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You could do that. Um, I think though, the easiest way for people to get onboarded, most of that has not been created or is in the process of being created. And what I mean by that is um, on the receiving end, if you're earning sats, that's the easiest way for anyone to get onboarded to lightning because you don't have to then go through the process of, you know, like, like think about the process for if I'm pitching someone on lightning and they've never touched Bitcoin before, they don't know anything about it. Yeah. 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 It's still, it's still cumbersome for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a really long process. Like I got to teach them what Bitcoin is. Yeah. yeah I got to say, yeah. you know, here's how it works. Here's why you need it. Here's how to set up a wallet. Yeah. Get some Bitcoin transfer. Chaos. It off, it's chaos. And go it's to chaos. Lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then say, okay, now move this asset to Lightning. Yeah. Uh, now okay. spend it after I've told you all about why it's so great and you should always- Okay, so what's the, so tell us the easier way. What, what are you thinking? So the solution is to just earn Bitcoin on Lightning. So, so for example, the, the walking apps or the, the gaming apps, a few examples like Thunder Games would be a great one to start out with. Um, okay. You can just go to the app store and uh, download. They have a few games. One is called Thunder Bay. They have Turbo 84. Uh, they have Bitcoin Bounce. All of these are- just mobile games you can play. And at the end you can, you can earn sats. Um, Smiles is the walking app that I was mentioning. They, you don't have to set up, you don't have to pay anything. You just download the app and you start walking and you start earning sats on lightning. Um, There's a handful of others that are, uh, there's like a lightning poker app on, on, on web that you can, I think it's lightningpoker.com or something. Uh, and you can play poker with these sats that you've maybe earned from smiles or earned from thunder games and you can earn more. You can, if you're good at poker, you know, there's, there's players on there that you're playing directly against some other person on the other side of the world. Um, there's, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of ways you can. That is the be- okay. Your yeah. way's the better, your way's the better way. You're right. That sounds like <laughs> more fun than what I was explaining. That's okay. Super cool. There's awesome. one other one too. It's called okay. stacker news. That's a cool, uh, it, it's like, okay, why I've heard so much about stack. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Think of it as like, it's almost, well, it, the name's inspired by hacker news. Um, but it, it's going to kind of look more like Reddit with, with various subreddits over time. Um, but stacker news is basically Reddit. And it, the only difference is that when you post or when you comment or when you upvote, it costs a sat a minimum one sat. Oh. Um, and what that money, basically, if I post something on Stacker News and you see it and you go, oh, wow, that's great. You can tip the post. You can upvote it, right? If, if you click upvote, it pays one sat from you to me. And so now I've, I've, I've just posted something. I, I didn't have a wallet. I didn't have any, any and money. earning sats. I just posted an interesting article. It didn't even have to be my article, right? Just like on Reddit, like you can post something that is not yours. You're just curating. You're just showing the community interesting information. So if anyone- must get rid of spam. It must get rid of some spam too, no? Is that that what you're finding when you're on there? Okay. 100%, right. Because there's a a barrier you have to cross over. Right now it's only one sat. So maybe it's not that high, but- Sure. What if it's 10? What if it's 100? What if it's 1,000 sats? In order to post, you may have to pay 1,000 sats. 
Well, you're going to make sure whatever you're posting is pretty good. God, um, we need that. Yeah, yeah, we need that. Jeez. Yeah. And it can change a lot of how social media works too, right? Sure. Like this could be, the, it could be that if you want to reply to one of my tweets, you have to pay five sats. Maybe Twitter implements something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. it, it eliminates a lot of the spam attacks. It eliminates like just a lot of the bots that, that tend to congregate around like large accounts, especially when you talk about guys like Elon Musk or Michael Saylor sure. or any of those guys, they post anything and there's wow. like hundreds of bots in their comments. We're um, on the cusp of some nice changes. We are yeah. on the cusp. This is amazing. It, it just really, it protects uh, the integrity of creating content. It, it, it makes it a lot harder to spam. It, it makes it a lot, you know, you, you have to have useful information or else you're, you're losing money. You're losing actual. It just brings more value. value to the table. It just, in many ways, Bitcoin brings more value to all of us in many ways, because I've always thought of it like I'm never going to separate myself from my Bitcoin, but if I did, it would have to be for something really good. So that incentivizes people to create great products or great services. Because if, you're, if I'm going to spend some Bitcoin, it's got to be for something that's really good. Whether that's a new pair of jeans or some great service, it better be a great pair of jeans if I'm going to pay you in Bitcoin, right? So it really just automatically ups the level of the goods and services in the world. I've always thought of it from that point of view. I'm like, oh man, this could be actually really good for society as a whole. We get rid of a lot of like just junky stuff. But then I've never thought of it from like kind of just the social aspect of it that on some of the social networks, it can remove a lot of the junky comments and the yeah. junky contributions and really elevate the conversation because yeah. you're having to, you're having to provide a monetary good in order to participate. So what you say better be good. Yeah. Or, or you must no really want to say it, even if it's not good, you really want to say it. So you're, yeah. you're paying to say it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and here's another one. This is something that has been talked about for, for years in the Bitcoin community, the idea of having an email address with a spam filter built in where you have to pay a number of sats. Well, that's something that is, it's going to happen. It's its gonna happen on Lightning. Um, we already have Lightning addresses. I don't know if you've seen that the initiative, uh, There's there's been a few people working on this, um, but when I was speaking with uh, uh, Zebedee's co-founder, we were talking about Lightning addresses and that is like, it could be uh, Kevin at fountain.com. If I, if I have my, you know, fountain podcast, uh, I could have a lightning address that is in human readable form. Instead of being a string of numbers and letters, it's, it's an email, right? And then the next thing, the next level to that is, well, if it's an email for money, why can't it also be an email for email? And where, you know, if you want to send me an email, you can, I'll, I'll share my address. I'll put it publicly on my Twitter or whatever. I'll share my email address far and wide. But if you want to actually hit my inbox, maybe I've set a limit and said like, you got to send a hundred sats along with that message because whatever you're going to send me is going to take up a portion of my time. And it's, it's going to be a super small amount of time, right? Like this is another one of those things. Holy it just, shit. It, it only takes a minute or two yeah. to look at an email. Yeah. But when you well, have you're, pay, you're paying for someone's attention instead of interrupting them mindlessly, exactly. You literally have to make a monetary contribution to get some of their attention. And there, if their attention is valuable to you, you can associate with how much monetary value you want to separate yourself with to get that attention. Holy smokes. Yeah. And this, and this is, is something that like that attention, that level of attention for one or two minutes, it's too small to monetize today. 
in, in fiat, right? Remember we talked about like how sure, yeah. that dollar value, yeah. if it's not over a few dollars, it's, yeah. it's you can't monetize. You're just going to eat it in fees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so there's never been a system for that because one to two minutes of someone's time, you know, is, is worth less typically for the average person than uh, than a few dollars, right? Because if, if you multiply, say it's a minute for an email and uh, the minimum threshold for a credit card is like $3. Sure. Well, a hundred, you know, if you have 60 emails, one hour of your time, it's $180, right? Um, so it just doesn't make sense to uh, monetize that because the average person isn't, isn't their time may not be worth $180. Maybe it's only worth $20. And that threshold is at $180. So in fiat world, you just can't monetize your email. But in lightning world, you can monetize anything. And you think that's coming? Is there a light? I think I've seen discussion of this and I've kind of just glossed over it. Is there, are there lightning email addresses now where you can get your lightning address in an email address format? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's not associated. It's not associated with like an inbox yet. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But that could be something we see that will be, let's face it. That is something we're going to see. Yeah. hundred percent. Wow. It's, it's definitely going to happen. Um, but so yeah, the lightning, the name's kind of confusing because a lightning address can mean a bunch of things, but Sure. Yeah. The lightning yeah. address is is an email readable format. Yeah, got that it. That then sends you a payment. Um, so yeah, it's really fascinating stuff. But you can just see how how new elements of our lives can now we can now earn value for a lot of the things that we weren't earning value for before. What if here's another one? What if like you know on Facebook or on um, you know if we're if we're looking at an ad somewhere on some, some social media site, they can pay us for watching the ad, right? Like that's something that could not have been done. Like, you know, a Facebook ad, you view it once, maybe, maybe Facebook charged. Yeah. People have tried that, but it was never good. Yeah. It never really worked. There wasn't enough. Yeah. The systems weren't there for it. Yeah. And you had to like batch things because again, you couldn't issue someone six cents over credit card or anything. So you got to wait till they hit 10 bucks and it's months away. It takes forever. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, affiliate uh, marketing is the same thing. Like affiliate uh, deals. Like if you're, if you're selling stuff on Amazon as an affiliate, basically the way it works today is you're getting uh, a small percentage of whatever that person bought. So if I, if I have a website and I say, Hey, click this link and go to Amazon and buy this, like, I don't know, buy this computer that I'm, that I'm promoting. If someone clicks the link, buys the computer, I earn a small uh, commission on that. But the commission is like, for a computer, it might be a a larger payment, but if it's a book or if it's a CD or something like that, or a t-shirt, these are like 20 cent commissions. They're very small. And so you can't get paid out in that sale. You get paid out a month later, once you've hit a threshold of a hundred dollars. So you have to like, Batch in fiat world. The, and you the streams of, yeah. So the streams of income that you can generate very shortly between gaming, podcasting, and affiliate commissions, you could have hundreds of streams of income that almost just line up with what you like to do. <laughs> Answering emails on a specific topic relative to your, uh, that are related to your specific area of expertise. And it changes the world of money in way many, way just in different ways that I hadn't imagined. Yeah. Um, There's even another one. 
Okay, keep, I was going to say, I got to, yeah, I got to know. Keep going. What What else? Tell me. So we can, tell me. <laughs> one of the things that I'm really excited about now is commerce and how actually uh, you can basically do payments uh, in, in retail settings online or um, or in person on the Lightning Network without ever having to touch Bitcoin, without ever having to take Bitcoin exposure um, and without ever involving a third party like Visa or MasterCard, the pieces of the puzzle are just forming right now. They're, they're just coming into place. No one has a solution fully built yet, but this is the next thing that I'm looking at. It's like the next three, six months, we're going to start to see people issue lightning cards. So NFC enabled lightning cards where you can pay from either an exchange account. So let's say here in Canada, you're using an exchange shake pay. Uh, for your Bitcoin, and you, maybe you have a Lightning card um, attached to that. Where if I tap it at a merchant, if I tap it for for dinner, it could pull Canadian dollars or Bitcoin from ShakePay, pay over using something called LNURL, um, and it, it, the merchant could also receive dollars or Bitcoin, um, and all that transaction happens on the Lightning network. We've already seen how companies like Strike have been able to swap assets. So, so Strike's kind of coming out party or their, their big kind of launch was this El Salvador America connection where remittances could flow between the two countries. Someone in America could send dollars from their bank, swap it into Bitcoin, send it over to the Lightning Network, arrive in El Salvador at the relatives, uh, you know, Strike app can be instantly swapped again for dollars uh, and, and the, the relative can then receive dollars on their phone without ever having to go through a Western union and get hit with all these fees. So we've seen how you, that You, you think we're going to see that in Canada? I think we're going to see it everywhere. It, it will take time, but I, I really think that we now have all the tools to make it so that anyone can swap any asset through an exchange or a wallet um, Bitcoin, actually there's, there's a couple of initiatives working to bring stable coins to the lightning network too. So it may even be that you can use a non-custodial solution, or you can, you don't have to use an exchange like a shake pay or a Coinbase or something like that. Um, I think there will be a time when you can actually, uh, have dollars on lightning through maybe, maybe it's like a lightning version of tether or something, and you can send that to a merchant on the Lightning Network, never have to take that volatility of, of Bitcoin, never have to, you know, if the merchant doesn't want to accept Bitcoin, fine, it doesn't matter. You can still use the Lightning Network to move the money, right? Because that's the that's where you eliminate Visa and MasterCard. That's where you cut out that. So, so light, Lightning's taking all the old school banking network rails infrastructure and basically just dematerializing it and the Lightning Network's going to replace all of it. I think so. Yeah, I, I really do. Because if you think about the way payments work today, if, if everyone is being charged 2.9% plus 30 cents on a credit card transaction, rounded off, that's, that's 3% of every single payment that anyone anywhere makes. That's like 3% of the world's purchasing power is being lost to financial intermediaries we can remove that 
And then all of a sudden you have 3% of the world's purchasing power that is now being distributed back to merchants and back to consumers, right? Like it's going to get split across. Well, a small business, if they're making a 9% margin and you, you free up 3%, you're just increasing their revenues by 33%. So 3% sounds tiny until yeah. you realize that the profit margins on a small business, a mom and pop bakery or whatever, if it's, if it's 9%, 15%, whatever, wherever it falls, if it's 5%, you're increasing their net margins here, their net profit, net income by a substantial amount. Yeah. This isn't a minuscule 3%. This is actually a huge 3%. It and then make the difference between global. a small business globally. Yeah. Wow. Kevin, I said, listen, I feel like we're, I feel like I'm, we're just getting into what you're getting excited about. And I, and I have to wrap up here in a second, but listen, I have the fountain app open yep. and I have the Kevin Roke show open Roke, right? Roke. Rook. Yeah. Rook. Rook. Yeah. Rook. The Kevin Rook show. Sorry. Kevin Rook show. Yeah. I have it here. And if I'm hitting the little lightning button, and then I don't know if you see it instantly or not, because I sent you one earlier while you were talking just to kind of test this out, but I'm putting in, I'm, I'm sending you a payment right now. Do you see it on your side? Instantly I don't have my phone with me right oh, now. Okay. Okay. It'll, so, it'll I'm, I'm sending it, so I'm sending it to you. And when I, when I send it, it's so cool because it sends off like little confetti. Yeah, yeah. It was like successful. <laughs> so I just sent you some sats. Awesome. I just I went through. That. I got the confetti. I got the confetti on the app. It means the sats are sent. You gotta so, send. You gotta set up your show, and I'll send you some stats back. No, no, there's no. I'm gonna set up the show, but there's no need to do that. <laughs> I just want to set it up to learn and to get others to look at this stuff. And uh, yeah, um, listen, I, uh, Kevin, you really had no need. You didn't know who we were. You had no need to come onto this podcast. But I think you through this, you've probably shared an idea or two to some people who had no idea what the Lightning Network was about, just to get them thinking. And I appreciate that from you because. Our whole thing is about people living life on their terms. You know, it's your life, your terms. Our brokerage is called Rockstar Real Estate. It's a very classy, sophisticated name, Kevin, Rockstar Real Estate. And the, the motto is your life, your terms. And I really feel Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, um, you know, fits right into that perfectly. And people like you out there doing what you're doing, sharing the message of Lightning, you are serving a lot of us. And I know some people might think like, what's Tom talking about now? What do you mean Kevin's serving us? But I really mean that you are because you're sharing information that I wouldn't be exposed to if you weren't talking about it. So I mean this sincerely. Thank you for what you're doing. There are some of us out here who are maybe quiet about it and don't know how to thank you. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, I, I really mean that. And thank I'm going to bug you to come show. back on here because I want to get more into these gaming apps. And I think every three or six months, it's going to evolve so much. I want to bug you for your insights. So if you're up for it, I'm going to bug you back on here. Yeah. And then listen, I want to give everyone, you know, some of the places to go to, to follow you. You need to get on to Kevin's podcast at kevinrook.com. Kevin Rook, R-O-O-K-E.com. His URL will be in the show notes um, on Twitter at K-E-R-O-O-K-E. Um, on Twitter, uh, it's Twitter and your website, the two best things to hand out on the exactly. fountain app. Yeah. And then there's links on your website to all your stuff. But yeah. if you download the fountain app and you search for the Kevin Rook show, you will find him. And Rook again is R O O K E. Yeah. Um, and if you send him some sats, tell him that, uh, tell him that you say hi and, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, we'll put your links in the show notes and your YouTube channel is linked off your website as well. Um, Correct, yeah. 
but yeah, I just think all of us need to be following you and paying attention to what you're doing. So thank you for this. Anything else, anything you wanted to end off with at all? Well, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I'm just really excited about how transformative this network could be. Um, and so I think, you know, earlier on, we were talking about the the, the Bitcoin moment and, and how you're maybe dismissive of it at the beginning. And I think a lot of people were. I think for listeners who are wondering why this is important, who are maybe, maybe not sure about it or, or don't quite you know, they don't hear their friends talking about it and it hasn't quite come onto their radar yet. Give it a Google, take a, take a, an hour out of your day, learn about what the Lightning Network is, spend some time diving into it. Um, there's, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff being built right now that hasn't quite caught on to a mainstream audience. So I think it's definitely a great investment to spend a couple hours of your day studying it, pick up on it, uh, and just like Bitcoin, there's, you know, there's rewards to being early on this stuff. There's, there's benefits to, um, to watching this develop in real time and not waiting 10 years before, you know, it, yeah. So what happened? Where did this come from? Yeah. If you don't know where to start, follow Kevin on Twitter and just start reading what he's putting out there. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Kevin, man. Thank you so much. Seriously. Thank, thank you, you so I much for doing it. this. Re yeah. Really two way street, man. Really, really appreciate this. Thank you. We'll have you back. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Hey everyone, hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Kevin. You can follow him in tw at, uh, on Twitter. It's at K-E-R-O-O-K-E. -O -O -E. There we go. Listen, if you're listening to this, it'll also be in the show notes, okay? But his Twitter handle to follow him, and we highly recommend that you do, so you can kind of keep tabs on the evolution of the Lightning Network. On Twitter, you can follow him at, at K-E-R-O-O-K-E, -O -O -E, or visit his website at kevinrook.com and it's kevin r-o-o-k-e.com and that website has links to his own podcast so you can start listening to that he has different summarized lists of reading lists from a whole bunch of different people linked off on, onto that website his twitter handle is linked off there as well so you can find all the resources from kevin at kevin r-o-o-k-e.com that's it for this episode until next time your life your terms